Hey guys, it's your host Ariana Marie and I'm so excited for you to sip and smoke with me on today's episode of Tea and Relief. Today we are going to explore the world of bad highs. Yes, I said it because yes, they do very well exist and I would love to share how myself and others overcome them. So join me and my friends for high tea and hear us spill the tea on these special leaves. I just want to leave a disclaimer that nobody on this podcast is a cannabis expert or specialist. We are all sharing our personal experiences with marijuana with you. And please understand that marijuana affects everybody differently. So you may have your own experiences with this. Please do not take any of the advice we give you as professional advice. We're here to have fun and give you a little insight onto our experiences with the Mary Jane. I also want to include that we are all legally of age to smoke marijuana and or have medical cards or are residing in legal states. Thank you. Hello? Hello? Hi. Are we live? I think so. I realized after last week's episode that some listeners may not understand all the New York and stoner slang used in last week's episode. So while our tea boils and we grind our medicinal leaves, let's learn some vocabulary. Okay, in order to make this vocab lesson interesting, we're going to set it up a little bit differently than me just reading what I find online to you. I'm going to ask Melanie a word. And she's going to give me the definition of that word. Then I'm going to read you the definition of what it says online and see how close we actually are to the words that we use every day. If you guys call these things that we're defining anything different, please let us know in the comments below or follow us on Instagram and let us know what you call these words. We're always open to learning something new and teaching something new. Let's get it rolling. Co-host is Mel here. Yeah, what's up, guys? So, Mel, I think that we are going to put your knowledge to the test today. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) And give our listeners a little vocab sesh. By seeing how Ooh, much okay. you know about the words that we use every day. Great. I can't wait to come out like a poser. <laughs> I can't wait to come out like a poser. I know. It's okay. It's okay. We'll get there. We're learning with them. Like we said, they're on our journey with us. I realized that some of these words we might only be using in New York. And therefore, I really want our viewers to understand what we're talking about and in turn, let us know what they call what we're talking about. Okay? Okay. So, first up, ding, ding, ding. Melanie, can you please define the word siphing for me? Siphing is when I think like more than two people are smoking a blunt and or joint together. Okay. According to Urban Dictionary, you are pretty close. Siphing is the process of smoking a blunt or something passable between two or more people. Wow, I was right about the people. Yes, it's like a ceremony where a blunt or joint of marijuana is passed around in a circle. So if you guys want to picture what siphing is, picture that 70s show. (laughs) 
<laughs> Literally. <laughs> Them all sitting in the basement. Exactly. Okay. So second up, Melanie, can you please define what a dab is? A dab is, it's kind of like a bong, except you you use wax instead of weed and you take a hit of that. Okay. On this one. You are right. You do use a piece that looks like a bong in order to smoke dabs. Mm -hmm. But the actual dab is what you're smoking. So. Yeah, the wax, right? Yes. According to, I believe I got this on Leafly. I'm going to check that out. Um, Dabs are concentrated doses of cannabis that are made by extracting THC and other cannabinoids using a solvent like butane or carbon dioxide resulting in sticky oils. Depending on their consistency, these marijuana concentrates are also commonly referred to as wax, shatter, butter, and butane butane hash oil, B-H-O. I did not know that it was referred to as butane hash oil. Butane hash oil? That sounds freaking dangerous. (laughs) I know. Like, who wants that? Okay, so with that being said, our next word up. Let's connect these two. Is cannabinoids? Oh God. Okay, I think cannabinoids are what makes the weed cannabis, right? Cannabinoids would be what what the THC is. Yes. Am I correct? Yay! Yes. So, according to Leafly, the cannabinoids are the chemical compounds secreted by cannabis flowers that provide relief to an array of symptoms, including pain, nausea, anxiety, and inflammation. That's crazy. Yeah, so it's basically, it's the chemical compound that makes up the weed, but a lot of people only know about THC and CBD, and on yeah. tea and relief, we are going to teach them about all of the cannabinoids that make up sure are. cannabis, like CBG, and it, it's so cool. I only found a compound that helps you lose weight instead of gain weight, like it suppresses appetite instead of adds appetite, so you knew I was happy about that. Mm-hmm. You were like, oh, hell yeah. But we won't ruin that yet. Okay, yeah. so while we're on this topic, do you know what a turpin is? A turpin is what makes the weed stinky. <laughs> in other words according to leafly turpins are <laughs> aromatic compounds found in many plants though many people commonly associate them with cannabis because cannabis plants contain high concentrations of them these aromatic compounds create the characteristics of scent of many plants in turn making them stinky <laughs> <laughs> such as cannabis pine and lavender as well as fresh orange peel Turpins may also play a key role in differentiating the effects of various cannabis strains, challenging standard beliefs held about indica versus sativa strains. Ooh, That's crazy. You said lavender? That's wild. There's lavender, lemon, um, pepper. Like, you know when you smoke a strain and you're like, you feel like it makes you sneeze because you feel like you just inhaled pepper? That's actually one of the turpins. That's crazy. I feel like the way you just described me feel like I was reading the back of like a tea box. Oh my God, tea relief. Wow. Yes, <laughs> so, so what's really cool is because mm-hmm. turpins actually do make the connection between cannabis leaves and tea leaves. Wow. Because both tea leaves and cannabis leaves have turpins in them. That's cool though. That I'm fascinated by turpins right now. So everybody else <laughs> is going to have to be fascinated by them too. Okay. 
you define a strain as? A sh- oh, wow, I've never had to like put it into words before. A strain is like, okay, think of it this way. Let's say you go to a pizzeria, right? And there's a pepperoni slice. There's a meatball slice. There's so many different. That's what a strain is. You go to the wheat store and there's so many different slices of strains. Um, I love how you connected it to pizza. I'm from so, the Bronx. What do you want? It's true. <laughs> Everything's about pizza in the Bronx. Yep. Okay, so a cannabis strain is a particular kind of plant species, either in a pure or hybrid variety like sativa or indica, found in both the recreational and medicinal arenas. Each strain is grown to increase certain traits of the plant, with names being chosen by the actual grower to mirror the strain's color, taste, smell, origin, or physical effect on the user. There are hundreds of strains available, with more being produced every day thanks to many options to crossbreed. The fact that just like a grower can just name weed anything, that's why... I don't know if this has ever happened to you. When you've gone on Leafly, you've seen what you're looking for, but it's almost like a different name, but it's the same thing. Does that make sense? Yes, that actually happened yesterday. I posted a story regarding a bud called Air, And when I was looking it up, it was berry white, blueberry pie. It was not berry white, but it did come up as berry white. But that yeah. wasn't the actual, like, that berry white didn't share the same parents as the Air. But gotcha. blue, blueberry pie and berry pie both did. Okay. Yeah, so maybe it's like a mixture of them? It's a mixture of uh, Girl Ooh. Scout cookies and Blue Dream. Ooh. Yes. Yeah, that definitely could be like blueberry pie. I've smoked blueberry pie before and I loved it. That does bring up confusion and growers yeah. can name their own strains and then people get confused. When um, they try to look it up. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> okay. So, from here, I could define would be indica. You're up now. Indica is a type, how would I say this? A type of weed makes you, it's more like a downer. Not like a downer, like it makes you upset, but like it just relaxes you. It's more of a nighttime bud, like put you to bed. If you're crazy like me, you smoke it all day because, you know, my mind different. But, yeah. <laughs> okay, so you're pretty close. Indica is a classification of marijuana known scientifically as cannabis indica. Indica strains of marijuana are known for their relaxing therapeutic qualities and for providing chronic pain relief. Yes. So you were very, very close on that. I also like to smoke indicas better in the daytime because I feel like my crash isn't as bad. Like and my, that's and that's new. That's a new addition to you. Yes. But so now, of course, what's next? Melanie, the next word up on your list to define is sativa. I'm so happy you said sativa. Oh, I had to think <laughs> about it. Sativa is more of an upper. It's definitely something that you'll feel good, but you'll still feel like pretty focused, I guess. Like it's more of a in the daytime bud, right? So sativa is a term often used in the cannabis consumer marketplace to describe a cannabis product with uplifting cerebral and energetic effects. There we go. That's the happy time. Or for me, it started being the paranoid time. But okay. So now we have a few slang words. With that being said, Melanie. Mm -hmm. Yes. Your next word up is a spliff. Oof. 
a spliff. Let me see what I got. <laughs> spliff is when you roll when you roll a joint and you put a little bit of um tobacco in there, like graba. You sprinkle it all up in there and you roll it, but it's in a it's in a paper, so it's different. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. So I agree with your definition. I definitely use spliff in terms of that there's tobacco in the joint. But when I looked it up online, the simple definition just said a marijuana cigarette. I want our audience to know when we are talking about spliffs, we mean a joint with tobacco in it, not just a marijuana cigarette. I feel like a marijuana. Yeah. A marijuana cigarette to me would be a doobie, which is an old school word for joint or a joint, a J, a paper. Doobie. I hate that word. I know. Isn't doobie like also like a hair thing? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Why would they name it that? A hair yeah, it's thing? Like when you, yeah, so when you put your hair, like when you pin it up and you keep it all like wrapped up mm-hmm. with pins, like bobby pins, um, that's a doobie. Well, maybe they they mean it because, like, it's all wrapped up, like, the weed's wrapped up in the paper. Oh, honestly, yeah. You're smart. You went uh-huh. to college or something. I did. You know, <laughs> that education. Loan, at least I know that student loan debt isn't worth nothing. Okay. Isn't worth anything. <laughs> isn't worth anything. Obviously, it didn't work. But you mentioned something called graba when yes. defining a spliff. Can yes. you please define that as your next word? Okay, so Fanta or Grava, it's the same thing. There's just different words for it. Those are the words that I've heard. Um, It's basically a tobacco leaf. You can get it any store, any smoke shop, anything that has wrap papers. It comes either in a little baggie, really fine and crushed up, which I don't like. Or it'll come for like two, three dollars. You'll get like this huge, huge leaf of tobacco, like this thing is enormous and it kind of has a smell of like barbecue sauce. It's weird. But yeah, that's what it is. I personally am not a fan of Fanta. Um, Yeah, me either. I've only heard it as Fanta. I never heard it as Graba. They say Graba over here constantly. So definition online that I found for Fronto, Fanta, or Fanta because they're all spelled <laughs> differently. And any other name that starts with an F usually refers to a dark, wrapper-grade tobacco leaf. Variety does not actually matter, although over time, certain varieties have become more popular than other. A fronto leaf should be dark, but not too thick, so that it can be used for wrapping, which is difficult to attain sometimes because thickness and darkness usually go hand in hand. Fronto leaves should have very little or no damage at all because it's generally used as a wrapper. Holes and other imperfections are not as desirable. Wait, that's crazy. I forgot people do use like fronto leaf to roll their blunts. Like they'll roll a blunt. Yeah, so when we're talking about fronto on the show, I'm thinking about the ground up fronto. Yeah, there's two different kinds. But it's actually the leaf. That people crush up that leaf Uh, and then add it into the split. Yeah. The leaf is a little bit more difficult. So that's why they give you an option to come up ground up. Because if you get the leaf, you have to light it on fire, crack it. Like, it's a lot of work. So I can't imagine people actually rolling in it. Yeah, and I guess that's why they're talking more about, like, the thickness of it. And it being, like, a stronger type of Fanta. So when I... Okay. So when I yeah. refer to, when we talk about rap on this show, what are we referring to? 
Okay, so wrap is like anything tobacco leaf. Like there's so many different types of wrap, but any tobacco leaf is what I would consider a wrap. Like a blunt wrap. Exactly. Hello? Oh. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly like a blunt wrap. And when I say papers, we mean paper. Papers. <laughs> we mean the paper that you write exactly. on. Exactly. <laughs> Take a whole loose leaf, roll it up. Okay, so I think you pretty much passed. You know more than you think you know. You just don't know the textbook definition to the words, but yeah, kind of like in school, you know, it is what it is. Um, But I think we pretty much understand some of the terminology used. If you guys have any clarifications that you need made, please let us know and we will put it in next week's episode. Yes. Yes, that'd be fun. Send us some words. Send us. Let some us know stuff. what you call it. Yeah, we saw we had we saw we had some people viewing from other states. Let us know what you call it exactly. over there. Exactly. Okay, so that's gonna end our vocab section. I hope you guys learned something and have more of an understanding about what we're gonna be talking about. I think my tea is almost boiled, and we are going to have yeah. somebody joining us for high tea today. Ooh, special guest. Okay, let's call them in. Hello? Hello. Hello. So welcome to the show, Justin. Thank you. Thank you. We're excited that you're able to join us for some high tea. And we kind of made a promise to our viewers last week. So I'm going to kind of throw something at you and bombard you. We're going to put everything on (laughs) you right now. Um, All the pressure. Last week, we promised our viewers that we'd get into our first time rolling stories. So I figured what better than to give them a new perspective and a new voice to tell them a first time story. If you would please bless us with a story from your smoking past, we'd love to hear about your your first time rolling. All right. Well, I guess you can say two first times for me. One was the first time rolling, and it went horribly wrong. And then there was the second time rolling, and it actually did pretty good. There you go. (laughs) You know, practice makes perfect, you know? There you go. There you go. But basically, first time ever rolling was what? I believe it was junior year of high school. I, me and a couple friends went to the park and, you know, we got our stuff that we did and we were obviously underage at the time. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we had to go find something to use to roll up in. So we used a brown paper bag from the uh, corner store. (gasps) Oh, my God. You rolled in a brown paper bag? Yes, I did. So basically, yeah. So we had some, uh, what was it? Some sour diesel, you know? Oh. Yeah, I remember that because that was the first one that I ever, you know, enjoyed. Indulged. The classic. Exactly. And basically, yeah, so we went into the woods because I'm out of here. You know, I'm over here in the uh, middle of nowhere and whatnot. <laughs> so, in Florida. <laughs> Of course, uh, went to go roll up. We used a brown paper bag. Um, wasn't the greatest. Um, doesn't really stick, you know, when you try to tuck and roll, you know. But right. 
we may do it with uh, someone had a piece of uh, tape on them, so we kind of tape kind of tape the uh, brown paper. You put bag. tape on it? Yeah, we put tape on it. Oh my god, how was that safe? <laughs> um, yeah, it's definitely not. Tried it. It was. It was one of those things where it's like you know you try smoking for the first time, you don't get high. So, yeah. you know, that's exactly what happened for me. But, I mean, it was an interesting experience. I definitely felt like I was, like, you know, getting some type of chemicals in my system. You probably yeah, that was a brown more, paper bag. You probably got more high from the glue on the tape that you used than the actual <laughs> weed. Yeah. Yeah, that's what. And then second time around, it uh, wasn't until college was when I oh, finally. Wow. Yeah, it wasn't until I finally learned how to actually roll with my roommate at the time, you know, who I surprisingly went to high school with as well. That day, you know, we got to, it was a game. It was a blue game. And we were rolling games some... are always smoked in college. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I used that to roll. He taught me how to do it using a blue game. And we ended up, I smoked my first one. We went to the bathroom in the uh, dorm we had, like everyone else used to do back then. And it just enjoyed, you know, it was, it was an interesting, way better than the first time, you know, with tape and a brown paper bag, but, you know. I can't believe that even worked. I know. <laughs> I mean, I don't well, know. Am I really, really surprised? It's Justin we're talking about. Anything <laughs> is possible with him. I mean, the first time that, like, I tried rolling, I, I was smoking cigarettes at the time. So, obviously, we know I didn't roll for a very long time. Right. After I started smoking. But this was like when I was in college and I knew nothing about weed. I emptied out a cigarette and I filled the cigarette with the oh. with the bud. And oh, all of a sudden it just smoked so fast. Like there was no smoke coming out. Don't do it. Do not recommend. It doesn't work. <laughs> if you're desperate, you're wasting your weed. Because literally within three and a half seconds. The whole thing was gone. Oh, my God. I would have been so upset. But, like, you would think that would work, right? Yeah. It a filter and everything. It's everything you need. I know. I thought, I literally thought I was, like, the Einstein of smoking weed with Did you crush it? Cigarette. Um, no. You know what I used to crush it? I don't know if any of you guys know this trick. And it doesn't really work, so don't do it. But if you take a medicine bottle, like an old medicine bottle, and you put the weed in the medicine bottle with like a penny or a dime, and you shake it up, it's supposed to grind your weed. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that before. Oh. It's like a, a nickel, because I think nickels are the heaviest coin or whatever the case is. Oh, yeah, maybe that's why it didn't work, since I used a penny or a dime. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, that was a fail. My oh, first my time- God. My first time actually rolling was I was in a lot of pain. This is this is once we started knowing about our weed and medically smoking. So Mel was actually on her way to my house, but she hit traffic because we live in the city. And mm-hmm. I had tried to roll several times before this, but I sucked at it. But this night I was in so much pain and I could not wait to smoke. And once you told me you were in traffic, I was like, no, I'm going to do this. I sat down. We had just gotten the longest nails ever put on like (laughs) two days before. Literally. And I sat at the table and I was like, Ariana, you are going to do this. This is five years too long that you have not learned how to do something. 
and I <laughs> sat down and I rolled and I was so happy and I'm looking at it and then after I rolled it I was so happy that I got the actual function down and my weed was rolled but then I was like oh shit is this gonna smoke <laughs> <laughs> I remember you sent me a snapshot of the button you were like I don't know if it's gonna smoke but look mm-hmm. and I have to say Till this day, that is one of my like favorite blunts that I've ever smoked. I don't remember most of the. I think it was really good, but yeah, it ended up being really good. And you pulled it, and you were like, "It smokes," (laughs) and you gave me like you threw me a parade, a parade of Pepsi. I did. I was like, "We're gonna go get the coldest Pepsi's. We're gonna get all the snacks from CVS. We celebrating." Mel, how what? When you rolled for your first time, how did that go? That went god awful. God awful. <laughs> I I I didn't know how to roll. I didn't watch any videos, didn't talk to anybody. I sat there and I just was like, okay, if I become one with the rap, what I think will happen will happen. So I just started fucking jamming my thumbs in there. I broke two wraps out of the three leaves that were in there. So on the last one, I was like, okay, let me let me be smart. So I threw on a video. I watched the video. It was definitely the loosest. And when I say loosest, I mean I was eating every single weed. <laughs> I, I I ate an edible instead of smoking at that point. Uh, it was god awful. It pulled, but I had to like put my thing. You know when there's like a tear in the blunt and you have to like hold it until that hole blows away? Every time the hole would go away, there would be a new hole. And another one. There was like four holes in that thing. So I looked like I was playing the fucking flute. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. But it worked. It worked. It worked. And like also really quick. I do want to add this since Justin did mention the paper bag. One time me and him smoked out of a piece of loose leaf paper. And we threw it in the joint rolling. (laughs) That was definitely not safe. But it definitely smoked. But it was god awful. Yo, I forgot about that. Oh my god! We had a whole eight, and we had no paper, no wrap, no one had anything. Like we, we did not think that through at all. You were not prepared. No, not at all. Yeah, it's always good to be prepared. (laughs) Please, yes, and have what you like to smoke out of best on hand because I've definitely been in positions where. I, I'm like, I get ready to smoke and all of a sudden I realize I have nothing to smoke out of and you're yeah. just going, I know. That's why I need to buy like glass pieces as a backup. I know. I, I have I have a few, thankfully. Yeah. Um, that I use, which I have to get out today to buy my cones because I ran out of my OCB cones and I cannot wait to get more of them. I know. That's going to be your Christmas present. <laughs> Oh, thanks just for a, letting me know. Just a box of OCBs. They sell them on Amazon, 36 bucks. Oh, look at you doing your research. I know. I, I, I always do my research. Did you get to try them? Me? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Okay. So I saw them and I saw the cones that you got and I was like, no, I'm trying to see the papers. I want to see the quality because mm-hmm. they are probably my new favorite paper and I and I'm not the type of person to like try new papers because I'm very like I stick to what I know and what I like Mm -hmm. and the other papers that I've tried like Bob Marley's I hate I don't like the clear papers they're weird 
So I just stick to raws. But honestly, these are pretty good. I only had like two rip on me to where I had to be like, oh, I got to completely re-roll this. But I also feel like there's like a hundred sheets of paper in there. I've had this pack of papers for a week and I'm still pulling out paper from it. I obviously I don't roll any sort of papers. I know everybody has a consensus and I'm easier to roll papers or blunts. I can't roll papers because of that exact reason that I feel like they're too flimsy. They rip easy. Yeah. So I don't like to roll them, but I was excited to see how you felt for that exact reason because you actually will roll it. And I feel like that brings a different aspect to the quality of the paper. Yeah. I know Justin said that he couldn't find any anywhere up by him. So he's still looking. That sucks. So, yes, um, but... um, so now that we've talked about bad rolling experiences, I want to give our listeners an insight into bad highs. Because as we all know, except for yeah. Justin, they, they very well do exist. They I've do. Had, I've had my fair share of them. And I feel like people who have one bad high sometimes steer away from smoking and they lose sight of its medicinal benefits because of that bad high yeah which I very well understand everybody experiences bad highs in a different way so I guess depending on what you experience it could keep you away but I learned something very important throughout my time of smoking and I kind of want to share that journey of going from bad highs to consistently good highs because we all know that you can get there and that you can go through both yeah for sure so we posted polls on our instagram and we got that 20 23 percent of people said that they've never had a bad high and 70 crazy i know and 77 percent said that they did crazy i'm in the 77 percent. i sure am i I think it's so cool that like you've never really experienced a bad high and what (laughs) what makes a bad high for me is definitely paranoia Mm -hmm. um i remember my first bad high i i smoked and i was actually drinking and I wasn't used to smoking yet. Terrible. So the first time I experienced a really bad high, I smoked with one of my sister's friends. And my sister hated smoking. Smoking weed wasn't her thing. She didn't want me doing anything like illegal that could get me into any big type of trouble. And she just didn't agree with marijuana as a whole Yeah. at the time. So I get sick, right? I get paranoid from the weed and I felt like I had to throw up. So I'm sitting in my bathroom and my sister bangs on the door and she's like, let me in. So she comes in and she's like, Ari, what's wrong? And I'm like, I don't know. I feel sick. Like the room's spinning. Um, Because like I said, I had a few drinks and so the room's spinning and everything. And she's like, oh, your intestines are about to fall out. Oh my god! And I was like, "What do you mean my intestines are about to fall out?" And she's like, "They're about to fall out because you smoked weed. You don't feel that in your stomach, that pain." Oh my god! And I, was like, I started freaking out, and she's like, "It's okay. If you never do it again, you'll never feel. It, it takes two times to make your intestines fall out." 
Oh my god, that's horrible. And after that, what I didn't smoke weed till I got like till I got to college, and it kept me away from it. And it was a horrible feeling. And what people forget, I think, is that there are marijuana is psychoactive. So mm-hmm. once you believe something when you're high, no matter if it's not believe, like no matter if you don't believe it, if you weren't high, it's real mm-hmm. to you. Yeah. So that was my first experience with a bad high. What was your That's first experience crazy. with a bad high, Mel? Uh, my first experience with a bad high was actually with a type of edible known as THC lean. It was sold in the dispensary. And I was with a few friends. One of them on this chat. <laughs> and I've never, I've never, I've, okay, so I personally, I don't like edibles. I don't like how long they take. But the idea of this, I was like, okay, well, it's like a syrup. That's cool. I could put it in, I could put it in my Sprite. No problem. I didn't know how much to put. I did not know. I didn't read. I didn't look it up. I just did it and said, fuck it. (laughs) I opened the bottle. Instead of pouring it onto a tablespoon, like, you know, a normal human, I just opened up the bottle and started pouring it in. I probably put about half that bottle in there. Mind you, it was a thousand milligrams. And um, in about 30 to 45 minutes, I felt pretty good. So I was like, this is this is light. Like, I feel like it's been long enough, so I smoked. And when I smoked, that, I guess, activated it. And I swear on my life, my <laughs> head has never felt so heavy. <laughs> I felt like I had a globe as a head. That shit was just going everywhere. My neck was about to break. And I was just sitting there just duck i think for like 45 minutes i like could not move and was just like guys just don't don't talk to me don't ask me questions i just need to like lay here in quiet because when i get a bad high it's not even paranoia it's like my head starts pounding i feel like the room is spinning it's almost like a seasick type of feeling to it to where my head just starts bobbling around everywhere and i can't control it if you're doing it more then that's obviously going to be the winner but Mm -hmm. Edibles are a whole different game. They're no joke. I personally am not that big of a fan of them just because yeah. of the reason that you said it takes longer to like settle in and I feel uh-huh. less in control of the high that I'm going to eventually get. Yeah, cuz you don't know you don't know what kind of high it is. It is in there. Even though it says the milligrams on it, like I don't think I've ever noticed the strain that's used on it. And no. if you fall asleep when you take an edible and you wake back up, you're going to wake up high. Depending on how many hours it's for, though. Because- yeah, that was pro- that was probably like the worst, <laughs> the worst high I've ever had. And after that, I was just like, I'm not doing this again. I think that that's definitely like important to bring out because I've had more bad experiences with marijuana with edibles than with smoking. Mm-hmm. And we did a poll on that as well. And more people said that they had a bad high from smoking flour. But I think that's because most people people do smoke flour over eating edibles because I do have they're called Betty Eddie's and they're a taffy it tastes delicious that's what you showed me yes if a dispensary near you sells Betty Eddie's pick them up they're delicious they have um, a nighttime they have a nighttime one and a daytime one 
the nighttime one helps me get the best sleep that I've ever had. And since you take it to go to sleep, you're not really experiencing the high of eating an edible. Mm -hmm. You're asleep once the high hits you, but like the relaxation gets you to go into a deep sleep. And I wake up feeling more refreshed in the morning than ever before. That's cool. I got to try those. Yeah. I like coffee. So I've had several bad highs. And what you were saying about like your head feeling (laughs) heavy. Justin, do you remember back in college, and this is probably because it was Reggie, that I used to, <laughs> my legs could not move. Really? Couch lock, yeah, couch lock yeah. effect. When they say couch lock effect, I would get leg lock effect. I would psych with people, and everybody would get up when the psych was over, and I would literally sit there and be like, nope, I can't move yet. <laughs> I'm not ready. Not me. Somebody needs to carry me. (laughs) That was it because it was not good. And I think that understanding what you're actually smoking makes the world of difference when you're dealing with bad highs. So, Justin, you said that you've never really experienced a bad high except for one time driving. Um, don't I put out there ahead of time? I do not recommend yeah. driving <laughs> don't do while you're high. It's not fun. <laughs> but yeah, so back in what was it? I want to mm-hmm. say ju- end of junior year, going into senior year of high school. Uh, I had at the time oh, I gosh. had no car. I was using my dad's car, so I was mm-hmm. feeling baldy. You know, I was feeling baldy, and it was me and two of my close mm-hmm. friends at the time. Uh, we went mm-hmm. out, we had the car, we got some goods and we went, stopped at a gas station yeah. because we knew one place that was able to give to us, you know, without really without checking, checking my stubs. government. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so yeah, we did what we had to do. We started, uh, we started smoking and I started driving as I'm driving. I'm just like, yo, what's going on with me? I don't feel right. Like my body's like, mm-hmm. just, you know, not cooperating with me right now. So as I'm driving, my friends are like, yo, you're good. Don't worry about it. And like them trying to calm me down for some reason just made me yeah. more. It wasn't like it's necessarily a bad high. It's just more paranoia because like I'm, you know, I'm over here 18 years old driving my dad's car and smoking. And I'm just like, oh, my God, like if I get pulled over, yeah, I'm you done. Just got nervous. So like that kind of just played into, you know, the whole bad high. Yeah, yeah but the paranoia high, does but, you know, ruin your really, high. You know, so, like, I get you know, what you didn't, mean. I didn't, exactly, yeah. So, it's like, you know, it was just the whole time paranoid. You know, my friends were laughing because they're, you know, they were like, yo, what the heck? Like, what's wrong with you? Like, you're never like this. Because, like, usually before that, you know, at that point, I'm already consistently smoking. So, I already have a feeling of what I'm, you know, of what it is to be high. But that was the first time I ever drove high. Mm-hmm. So, it was just, like, a whole new, different world to me. And I was just, my, I just wasn't with it. Like, my mind wasn't there. I just, at any second, I thought I was going to get pulled over. I thought I was going to get pulled over, get thrown in jail. I'm 18 years old. I'm like, yo, I just got my license. Oh, like, my God. In jail. My dad's about to beat my ass. We Hispanic. We about that life. <laughs> oh, my God. The stories I have. Literally. Being a Hispanic child. <laughs> I still have the scars. Traumatizing. <laughs> so, yeah, I definitely think, like, <laughs> not promote on this channel smoking while driving at all. I think that. What happens with bad highs is that people really do need to learn how to control that paranoia and put themselves in situations where they don't get paranoid already. Like, it's always the mindset. And if you have a negative mindset going into something, you're you're not going to have a good experience with it. Yeah. So I think that's why 
being being on top of what strain you're smoking if it's if you prefer sativas or indicas like I always used to think that I preferred sativas as we all know I was obsessed with sativas guys I would not smoke anything but a sativa or a sativa dominant hybrid and after a while I started getting paranoid every time I smoked and this is like after knowing exactly what I'm smoking having my medical card and yeah and I had been getting high and I realized me personally sativas actually make me more paranoid than indica strains yeah, because maybe because indica is more of a calming effect. And I always used to think it was the opposite because yeah. I wanted something to keep me up and creative and all of that. But I think it's really important learning what bud works best for you. Yeah, that's a big factor. Also, who you smoke with. Like, don't smoke with anyone that you feel uncomfortable with or you don't really know. Like, if you just feel uncomfortable before you leave, like, your house, you know that just don't go. Like, you're going to be paranoid. You don't know what they got. You don't know what weed it is. You don't know what it's going to do to you. Like, just smoke with people that you know. Smoke what you know is what it is just to prevent those situations from giving you even more paranoia. Yeah, I definitely think who you smoke with makes a big difference in the high that you get. Because there's some people that I love, but I just can't smoke with them. I remember in college, like, I'm very, you know, I like old school music. I listen to everything prior to 2007. Britney Spears is on repeat. <laughs> yeah. And when I smoke, like, I think the music comes into play in how my high is. So one yeah. time um, I was in college and we were smoking with these two guys. And I love them normally. But when we started uh-huh. smoking with them, they started playing house music. And I hate house music. And there were lights on. I love house music. (laughs) There were lights on in my bathroom in college. Because like Justin mentioned before, we all used to smoke in the bathroom in our college. And the lights are going and the house music's playing. And all of a sudden, my heart starts moving at the speed of the bass from the house music. (laughs) And I was just like, okay, I'm sorry, this needs to end. And like ended the site because I was so uncomfortable. Now, these are people that I I loved. I'm cool with them, but I just wasn't cool with them in a smoking setting. Yeah, honestly, those vibes be having an effect on you. Mal, do you think that you prefer smoking alone or with people though? It's hard because I feel like sometimes smoking alone is needed. But I'm, let's be real, more of a, hey, just come through, let's safe. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just very, but I always make sure that, like, I know who's in the group. And, like, if I don't fuck with somebody, like, I'll just go smoke by myself. Yeah, whereas, like, I think I I like to smoke alone. I'm not the biggest fan of scythes. I think that's also because of the medicinal aspect for me. I like to be alone because of paranoia and stuff. Not that I can't smoke around other people because I can but you have to choose your people wisely, just like you have to choose your strains wisely. Right. And I know that we were talking about how I used to prefer sativas over indicas and you always preferred indicas. And how still do if you guys are <laughs> going for medical marijuana. Please talk to your doctors about what strain is the what type of weed is the best for you and what strain is the best for you, because 
Just right. because I like sativas doesn't mean I like all sativas. And just because I like indicas doesn't mm-hmm. mean that I like all indicas. For me, I don't like OG strains. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't know if you have like strains that you could try to veer away from. Yeah, they're not they're not they're not my cup of tea either, I feel like. Like they don't they don't give me like a a bad high except for fire OG, but I smoked that and it was fine. Like I'm I'm fine now. But um like OG Kush, Platinum OG, like anything with an OG is usually just like okay to me. So do you remember when we smoked the uh, San uh San Fernando Valley OG? And yeah. That is not a strain for me. It's actually a hybrid. So not strictly sativa or indica, but it is a sativa dominant hybrid. And Mm -hmm. I just remember, like, I was freaking out that the microwave was going to make too much noise. And (laughs) (laughs) and everybody on my floor was going to hear the microwave. And anything that gives me that kind of high is not good. But bringing that up, I want to talk about how to get over that feeling. Melanie talked me down and like literally grabbed me and was like, Ariana, you just smoked. That's why you feel that way. Uh-huh. And so I think that that was really important. To- yeah, you have to remind yourself exactly sometimes. that you have to remind yourself that, hey, I just smoked and I'm feeling this way because I'm high. And Justin, before when you were talking about your friends trying to talk you down from your paranoia, that first time that you experienced it made it worse. Yeah, exactly. I think sometimes, I think sometimes wow. we have to be our, our own. We have to make ourselves calm, and I think the knowledge yeah. that we have about strains and about smoking is what helps keep me calm. It's not somebody else coming out and saying, "Oh, hey, just relax," because then you're like, "Screw you, just relax. You don't know what I'm feeling." But if you have the ability oh, yeah. and the knowledge about marijuana. You can tell yourself, okay, hey, like you just smoked. That's why you're feeling a little off it. That's why you're being a little weird. And that calms mm-hmm. me down. You always have to, I feel like you always have to remind yourself, especially I feel like when I smoke something new, like a strain that I've never tried before, but like they're telling me, hey, this will really work or I like the effects of it or I like how, how it might make me feel. So I'll try it. I'll try anything once. And if I like it, I'll keep trying it. If I don't, I won't. But um, whenever I try, like, a new strain, I'm always like, whoa. (laughs) Like, it hits you immediately because you're just like, whoa, this is all new. And then I'll just be like, okay, either I'm really high or, like, (laughs) I got to remind myself, okay, Mel, calm down. You just smoke the backwood by yourself. It's okay. Yeah, and I think, like, smoking weed medically also, you have to take note of, hey, is this actually helping with my for me, I'm a person that I use it for pain and anxiety, right? So I have to take note like, hey, uh-huh. do I just feel euphoric right now and my stress is gone? Or do I feel euphoric, my stress is gone and I'm not in pain so that I know what to smoke, like what strains to smoke when I'm feeling a specific mm-hmm. thing or when I'm having a day that's worse than others. Not all weed is going to help me with my pain and not all weed is going to help me with my anxiety some some strains can make people more anxious and than others you know what i'm saying right it's true it's true so i like to use leafly um which thank you justin <laughs> for introducing us to leafly of course yes but i also just mm-hmm. started looking up that the turpins that we mentioned in our vocab section 
could have a lot to do with the high that we experience. Really? Why? Because um, different terpenes, depending on how you ingest them, can add to feelings, like add to different feelings. So terpenes are also found in tea. We're going to finally make the connection to our tea and our relief. Yes. Um, <laughs> terpenes give the marijuana, like it can help people give it its name and different effects from it. So like lemon or lemon balm helps with anxiety, right? And I know that from a... Mm-hmm a standpoint of being a a person who suffers with anxiety that like the smell of lemon could calm you down and lemon balm and tea gives you a more relaxing feeling but there's a turban Mm -hmm. called limon um i don't know how to say it but it's limon basically and it's the same thing that's found in lemon and teas so when you smoke strains with lemon which is a lot of a lot of them have it it, Mm -hmm. it could give you a more relaxing euphoric high that's cool i'm gonna start looking for that now. um and it's funny because i didn't know that but i personally like i love lemon haze i love lemon lava cake those are all weeds that really work for me like all strains that really work for yeah. me and it's crazy because lemon right. balm also helps calm me down in um medicinal or herbal teas so it's really making that connection into what helps you with teas, what helps you in weed, just what helps you like sense, you know, they think that's pretty cool. I want to get into our polls that we did. So we did some polls. Mel, do you want to start reading us some of the reactions that we got when we asked what caused people's bad highs? Yes, 100%. I asked them if they ever had a bad high. They said yes. And actually, I got two similar answers about edibles. So one of them was that they had a very old edible. They were 16 years old and she was ill-advised. Definitely been there. Definitely done that. And then another one about an edible was that um, she read the dosage wrong. (laughs) So she... So I asked her about this. I I messaged her and I said, what do you mean? Because I just... I needed clarification. Like, I feel like the dosage is usually huge on the edible. So she thought it said it, it said um, 10 milligrams and it said 100 milligrams. So when she ate it, she felt insane. Like, she was like, it was too much for me because I was a new, I was a new smoker. So it was way too, it was way too heavy for me. So I guess she was a little bit younger. And then another one that I had was just from bad a bad weed they said bad weed strain so i guess they got like a i guess what you would call reggie (laughs) and they didn't they they didn't have a good experience and then another one was someone actually said bad vibes around me bad people so when this person was smoking they were in a room full of people that they weren't comfortable with so she had a bad high I'm going to read you a excerpt from one of my one of my friends sent me their experience with smoking marijuana over the years. And I asked them because I know there's somebody who has gone through a love hate relationship Mm -hmm. with marijuana and it took them a long time to have a healthy relationship with marijuana. So I'm going to read that off. So I smoked maybe once or twice at about 15 and didn't try again until I want to say 17. So from there, I was on a roll smoking almost daily. 
I had great highs in the beginning, like, you know, that little honeymoon phase, and that lasted about 2.5 years until I got my first big girl job, and I had to quit smoking because they were heavy on drug testing. So I took like a three-year break, and when I finally started again, it was so bad. I went through a lot in college, and that's where my anxiety started, and all my friends were like, oh, smoking calms my anxiety. It works. It works. So I tried, but every single high was just paranoia and made my anxiety way worse. And of course, every so often, I kept trying because I remember how much I enjoyed it before, and it worked for my friends. I was determined. I also struggled a bit with alcohol. I hit rock bottom, and I realize now that it probably played a role in my anxiety and bad trips. But hey, dark times. So last year, I took this trip to Canada with my boyfriend and the weed there. Wow, different. For the first time, I wasn't paranoid. I was working really hard on coaching myself in my head, like relax, you're fine, you're safe. And whatever bad energy you're feeling isn't real. And he was helpful too with that. Because I feel like it's important to have a have that dialogue with yourself. I slowly be eased back into ha- in, into it and having full-blown conversations with myself in my head, as crazy as that may sound. So that anxiety soothes itself instead of taking over. And now here I am, almost 25. I'm high every day and I'm loving it. I think that mentally you have to be prepared to smoke weed. So when she mentions that she was going through stuff, that when she was hitting rock bottom, it didn't help her as much because I think that negative mindset could affect right how you feel when you're smoking mm-hmm. um i'm not a fan of being crossfaded which you mentioned um her alcohol use during that time also she realized could have affected how the marijuana was affecting her mm-hmm. and i hate being crossfaded i feel shaky when i yeah i don't smoke. like it I, I know some people don't but yeah, but I don't like I don't like crossfaded either. It's 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 uncomfortable. It just feels like a bad high. It feels exactly like what I described as a bad high for me. Yeah, Justin, how do you feel about crossfaded? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Justin Dominican, he on another type of level. I mean, it's different because like I could like you know go drink and then after that smoking is just gonna take away the any drunkness I have. But mm-hmm. as far as if I smoke, then obviously then drink. That's where the crossfader comes in. I don't know what it is. I mean, it's it's an odd feeling. I definitely wouldn't want it all the time. Of course not. That's oh yeah, no. you know that's you know that's not a thing. But you know, in the right setting with the right people, that you know everyone else is kind of necessarily doing it and enjoying it. Then okay, you know, go for it. So I think my friend here is on to something. I think that talking herself down, I love that she mentioned that because talking yourself down and out and being your own Mm -hmm. inner voice to control smoking weed is important to tell, to tell our listeners. I love that we all have different perspectives because marijuana is a very personal thing. It may help me with pain and work great in my endocannabinoid system, but it might not work for somebody else. And that's what I think is important because some people who don't understand the medicinal effects of marijuana think that people who use it for medicine are just bullshitting. But I could take Tylenol and Tylenol might not work for me, but Tylenol might work great for you. 
I hate Motrin. Like, I hate Motrin. Motrin gives love me a stomach ache. It makes me feel like I want to throw up. <laughs> and you love Motrin. So I really wanted to point out that understanding what you're smoking, knowing who you're smoking with, if you're not, if you're doing it mm-hmm. for recreational use, is very important. And um, taking control of the knowledge behind marijuana will help people avoid, well, will help me. And hopefully I know a few others that knowing what you're smoking helps you Mm -hmm. avoid those bad highs. And if you're not avoiding it, at least it will help you talk yourselves down from it. For sure. Everyone's different. I feel like me and you kind of have the same kind of idea of what happens. And then Justin's view is completely different because... He's able to handle, you know, different stuff. Like someone, someone could go tomorrow and take five edibles, smoke ten blunts, and drink ten beers and be good. Like, like <laughs> I don't understand how, but especially if they've been smoking for a while. I have my aunt. I convinced her to get her medical card, and she has never been more grateful. Like she's like, this is what I needed because she was smoking weed for a while. You know, she's she's been smoking since I guess she was younger. She tried it, and then as she got older. And when I first got it, she asked me how it helped with pain. And she's just one of those people that will smoke, you know, seven, eight backwards and just be like, all right, well, I feel nothing. You ready? And I'm like, oh, God, Uh I can't breathe, ma'am. Yeah. How much like I'm a person that like I can (laughs) smoke as much as I like I can smoke two hits and be high and I can smoke seven hits and be just as high like. It doesn't take me so it's more about the strain of what I'm smoking than how much I'm smoking. And I think that people get confused with that. Like they think they need to smoke so much to be high, but it could have a lot to do with Mm -hmm. what you're ingesting. You're not wrong. Because there's like Uh there's different strains where you could feel it in two hits. And then there's a strain that like, hey, I've been smoking it for a while and there's a delayed people don't understand that there's a delayed reaction look it up make sure it's found on different on different sites like mel mentioned earlier there could be a bud that somebody might call one thing and it's really something else you can find that out online too it might be a strain that hey you've smoking before like justin was just visiting massachusetts a few weeks ago and he got one called barrier and i've never heard of that but when i looked it up it was blueberry pie which i've smoked and i like so it might be something that you're already yeah. familiar with. Justin, how was that barrier? Yeah. That barrier was amazing. A very full body high. When I went up there, I got a pre-roll of it and then also the regular flower. So that way I was able to try it before I had the flower, you know, make sure I liked it and stuff like that. And it's very different. Mm-hmm. A lot of people say I've known over the time have said that, you know, blunts and joints, the high from both of them is different. I always like to view it as like a joint is a clean high. Yeah. And then, you know, with a blunt, you get a little dirty, you know, so. A little dusty. You know. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, the high that I had from it, from both ones is very different. The one with the joint wasn't, the joint when I smoked mm-hmm. it, it wasn't as intense as the blunt. The blunt was way more intense, full, like, you know, full-on body high attack. Like, you know, you felt it all over, you know. But it was a, it was good, though. It was very relaxing. You know, yeah, it was an intense body high, but the high itself, if it makes any sense, wasn't as intense. 
you know, it didn't kind of match up, you know, so like, like psychologically, you weren't that crazy high with your body that was high, if you remember, you know? because my head felt so clear, but my body felt so good. And for somebody who uses it for chronic pain in my body, I love blueberry pie. So I'm sure the barrier was great. And that was out of a paper from 253, I believe. I had the blueberry pie from 253. Yeah, exactly. I felt that way with the blueberry pie too, Justin, like you were saying. Um, not a crazy head high. The other night I was smoking, like I said, I ran out of my paper, so I had to roll a blunt. And I was smoking Return of the Mac, Lemon Gelato, and Miracle Alien Cookies Crossed. And it has lemon... Um, Limon. I don't know how to say this turban name. I'm going to look it up for you guys. I promise. So I'm happy to hear that you enjoy the barrier. There's definitely a difference between smoking something out of a blunt and out of a paper. The limon is good for the treatment of anxiety, depression, inflammation, pain, and cancer. And so it's really cool to see that I'm a person that doesn't know any of that, right? I didn't even know how turpins affect weed. But I know that I'm a person that gravitates towards buds that have lemon in it or have the lemon name because it does help me with many of the things that I I suffer with. Whereas you, what's your favorite strain while we're here? Mm -hmm. That's so hard. Actually, no, it's not. I'm such a liar. Um, My favorite strain is Wedding King, hands down. But you know what's funny? You know what's funny? I have not purchased <laughs> wedding cake since that wedding cake that you introduced me to because if it doesn't look like that wedding cake or it's not as dense, I don't want it. Like, that's how much of an impact that that wedding cake had on me. I will not purchase anyone's wedding cake unless it looks like that. I don't care if they tell me it was grown because another thing with the whole growing thing that I'm just going to touch on really quickly is that weed can be grown indoor and outdoor. So that has an effect on how the weed looks. I understand that when it's indoor, it's a little bit more confined. It's a little bit more smaller, dense nugs because there's not, it depends on, you know, how big your space is, but there's not a lot of room for it to fully grow to its potential. Whereas outdoor, it can grow huge, buds are nice and big. So the way it's grown has a huge effect on the weed, the way it's washed out, the way the weed is flushed when they're cleaning it, when they're drying it. All of that has an effect on the yes, smell, and, oh, the taste, everything. So, if it doesn't, if it doesn't look like that, I'm That's not. That's another I'm very not, important thing when smoking weed. We obviously do not advocate to smoking weed illegally, and the reason why we advocate to knowing like where your weed comes from is because weed could be sprayed to smell like something. Weed just from anybody <laughs> could be made to look better than it actually <laughs> is. We're made to smell better than it actually is. It can be made mm-hmm. to feel stickier than it actually is. That's why it's, it's so important to know what you're smoking. And even when you know what you're smoking, I could get a batch of yeah. wedding cake today that I love. And next time go to a dispensary and the second batch may be different, right? So it might have a higher percentage of THC, yeah. which I can't handle. Yeah. Just like make sure you know where you're getting it from too, because- um, I've had experiences where I've purchased weed before I had the medical card. And I remember one time I put it in the grinder, I crushed it up and I swear out came a raw paper. Yeah, I remember there was no, there was no that. weed. It was paper. I was so confused. I was like, did I already smoke it? Am I just high? 
And I was like, no, I just got home. I just got it. I haven't touched anything. This is ridiculous. I was so mm-hmm. pissed off. I ended up calling the guy a million times. He never answered, never heard from Yeah, so you got scammed. That is called scam. You got got. Um, I got got. <laughs> that's why we're stressing the importance of knowing where things come from. And like, even when you go to dispensaries, always check the batch. The package should always tell you a batch number because um, there's a difference in there's a difference in each batch. Justin had smoked the barrier when you sent me the picture of the container. I looked at it and I looked at that strain and they had a different batch from the same cultivator that actually had more or less THC depending on the batch. So be careful of that. That's a good note that I like to take. No matter where you get it, it could be different, but always get it legally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You Otherwise, get you'll get paper. You ask what strain it is. I know so many people who I'll ask them what they have and they can't even tell me. That's crazy. That's crazy. Know what you're smoking. Don't do that. No, don't. Justin, do you feel like you enjoy the high better when you know what something is? (laughs) Me personally, no, not really like that. I'm not one to... Honestly, it wasn't until you, for you, Ariana, someone who always looks into stuff, like you're the one who made me. So looking into stuff like that more often... Honestly, because before then, honestly, it was just whatever. It was just like, you know, hey, let me get something. And that was it. I just went about my day. Didn't think anything of it. You know, it wasn't until like people started telling me things. I was like, all right, maybe I can, you know, I'll look into it. But I mean, for the longest time, I never really, it never really concerned me because. Yeah, I think that's the you know, difference that was, people don't understand like medical marijuana. It's like if I. I'm going to compare it to alcohol a little bit. And they say that different alcohol can affect you differently. But I for sure know that it does. So, like, I'm not a person that could drink vodka because it makes me a little more violent and irritable opposed to tequila that makes me happy. So, I think that making the point that even when this becomes recreationally legal everywhere and people who just use it for recreational use, you're not going to love all strains. You're going to need to find your niche in order to enjoy it to its fullest Mm -hmm. extent. Exactly. I don't think I enjoyed smoking to the fullest extent until I actually understood it. And I don't think that it's medicinal qualities before looking it up and understanding how each of these things work and how a lot of these things are in other, a lot of these terpenes are in a lot of other medication that we take and a lot of other things that we use to relax us. Mel, I remember when I had a really bad time with my anxiety and you bought me oil to put on my wrist and behind my ears. It was an essential oil. So she was just, she was having a moment. Life was, (laughs) life was rough. Pandemic started. Everybody's freaking out. I was like, oh, I'm going to get my best friend in essential oil. And I remember her saying she liked the smell of mint. I personally, not a mint, I'm more of a bergamot type of girl. But the mint, I think the mint calmed you down, no? Like you used yeah, it a couple times when you were feeling really down. anxious. One of my favorite strains um, that I found one time on a visit to Massachusetts, we'll call mint chocolate mm. chip, was excellent. Like it's a like minty buds help me out. Mm-hmm. And I now can make that connection. And mint tea helps me out. Like whenever I'm feeling I have a nervous stomach or something, I'll have a cup of mint tea. And mint is something that helps calm me down. Um, it's mm-hmm. good for your stomach and everything. So really, I can't wait to start making these connections with people on a segment that we're going to 
called Turpin Tuesdays coming to you, where we actually break down yes. and talk about the medicinal effects of all these turpins that you find in the cannabis plant. And although that might sound really nerdy, as you find a turpin in bud that helps you with anxiety, you can find the same thing in many other things and use them in your everyday life when you can't smoke this word around but i want to know does everybody really know yeah like what it is really know what it means and they're still doing studies to see how much of an effect it has on the strains that we smoke but i personally think making that connection i would definitely hypothesize on the side that it does change the strain is that the terpenes were in other things other than weed so terpenes are actually what makes animals not eat certain oh by a lot yeah they have antifungal properties antibacteria properties i mean so many things that can change the medical world so really what yeah. we want our listeners and viewers to take away from this is that bad highs can be caused by many things but i think for both of us at least knowing mm-hmm. what we smoke where it comes from and the the right. actual compounds that make up the strain help us stay in control of our highs. Because I know if I read something that says like, hey, it might cause right. a little paranoia, like the rating is up on the paranoia part, I'm going to choose to stay away from that strain. Or if in turn I do choose to smoke it, I'm going to be aware that, hey, if I do get a paranoid thought to remind myself this is by the weed. This is not actually happening. And gaining control over the 100%. knowledge of what you're smoking, where it's coming from, um, how it was grown, really like helps you enjoy mm-hmm. and be able to use it as a medicine. So we hope that you guys enjoyed this this episode yes, of with our special guest. Yes, and our special guest. We have um, exciting things coming for you in the near future more more of the nerdy aspects of marijuana medical marijuana we're going to be getting into we're going to be introducing turpin tuesdays where we classify different turpins and their effects on what we smoke follow us on yes yes to participate in these polls and show us some love and support we hope that you enjoyed this episode and we will see you Bye, guys. next week. Bye. Bye.